0: Welcome to or Select. The whole system will be ready in a few minutes. Take your seat and enjoy.
1: All right, what it is, what it ain't, everybody. I'm back checking up on everyone, making sure everyone's doing pretty well for themselves. Living good, feeling good, all that good stuff. Um, doing a different podcast this tonight, this evening, whatever you want to call it. Uh, thought I would just had to come in and check up on everybody by myself. Well, sort of by myself. Uh, making a special guest appearance. Uh, first time on the podcast, but long time brother. <laughs> <laughs> by blood, uh, I got my brother here, Matt. Obviously, his last name is Sheila, for those who don't know. (laughs) Say say what's up, dude. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me on the show. Okay, good deal. Um, So, yeah, so, you know, past few weeks, I've had a lot of different guests on uh, talking about, you know, some some psychology, some health and wellness, uh, even gene, CRISPR editing, gene editing, and... Uh, they've been pretty good. For me, there's been have been great conversations just because it's something new, it's something innovative and I enjoy those topic that type of conversations that keep me learning and hopefully bettering myself and hopefully giving everyone some tidbits um to learn from or to take with you. I mean, you know, you know, one thing I always hate so is meetings and uh, you know, these big get togethers that How do I want to say this? Is that, uh, you know, I'm not trying to. When people wanted this, I guess, presentations, and that I hate going there because (laughs) I get so distracted because it's not anything that I want to learn from. But if it's something I enjoy going to. So if it was a presentation about, this is what I'm trying to say, a presentation about gene editing. Let's go talk about this. Um, Matt, you ever get like that? You ever get like, oh, man, I don't want to. I hate going to these things especially cuz if it's it's stuff they're talking about <sighs> well guess what this year this is what we're going to do we're going to uh we're going to go have these professional goals, and then we want you to do this and within the year and it's like shut up nobody cares you know I'm sitting here playing on my phone the whole time but if it was something that was like oh okay what are we talking about today we're we talking about how do I I don't know have right. I improved myself? I don't know. What do you think? I get you know, I guess for me I feel like we have to go to those and, yeah, with our jobs and stuff.
2: Yeah, it's uh, everybody
1: I think everybody, is everybody you obligated know obligated to.
2: Everybody goes through those. Um I know that we all hate the departmental meetings, right? Uh, the the stuff that we all we all have to go through, but um the you know, when I think of presentations, I do quite a few for my position and I'm, I'm always thinking, I know that there's somebody in that crowd that really doesn't want to be there. Um, but what can, I, what can I say to engage them? What can I say that excites them and makes them want to learn about disability services?
1: All right, so let me, let me stop you right there. So before we go any further, tell everybody what you do.
2: Okay, I am... A disability services counselor for Virginia Tech, and my role is to coordinate environmental and academic accommodations for students with various types of dis- disabilities. I coordinate accommodations for a caseload of about eight hundred students, roughly.
1: So, Tech has roughly what thirty thousand students?
2: Yes. And.
1: And your um, caseload is eight hundred. My caseload is eight hundred. We
2: um. We just crossed a 3,000 threshold as far as students served within SSD, I learned the other day.
1: How in the world do you keep up with 800 caseloads? You know, it's. I did not know that, and that makes zero sense. I mean, that seems too overwhelming Yeah, my brain to comprehend.
2: My, my philosophy always is, and I, I tell my new students this, and I tell my current students this. I am not a case manager, okay? A lot of them come from the K-12 environment where they have a case manager that kind of makes sure they're on track, makes sure they're doing well. I tell my students all the time, when you get to tech or any university for that matter, you are expected to be an adult. Yes, it's hard for some of them because they haven't developed those life skills that they are still growing into but when they have a concern when they when they need something when something is not right they need to let me know cuz i don't have time to
1: check on all of them well yeah I'm, i mean i'm just when i'm just thinking about is that 800 people just to keep track of <laughs> i don't i just don't understand how you do it but or but i guess they're all not needing something at one point.
2: Right. Right. It's, not, not everybody needs something every day. I mean, it's, you have to look at it as, I have to make sure that when they contact me, you know, why are they contacting me? What's going on? My, my goal is to make sure that they feel like they are the most important student um, to me at that time.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Because, you know, they're paying good money to be here. And, it's my job to serve them and to make sure that they have adequate access to all things Virginia Tech, whether it be in the environment, whether it be at a campus event, or whether it be academics. I want my goal. I want my students to succeed. I want them to do well, and I want them to have a degree from Virginia Tech.
3: Hmm. Well,
1: I mean, that's pretty bold of you. I think. A- a lot of people would admire that, you know. I don't know if a lot of people, do you think a lot of the people that you work with think the same way?
2: I would hope so. Yeah.
1: I mean, we are. Or, uh, or is it just a job to them? You know, a lot of people, um, I guess what I'm getting at is that they want to go in, they do their 9 to 5, 8 to 5, whatever it is. Whatever they get done that day is, all right, good to go. But Right.
2: Um. You know, I would hope so. I would hope that, that, um, my, you know, I can't speak for colleagues and I'm not going to, but I would hope that my colleagues, and this goes within any department throughout the universe, I would hope that you, you come to, you come to work every day with, with some emotion because you have an opportunity to make a difference in somebody's life. And if you, my, my my thinking is if you don't do something with with emotion, if you don't really put your heart into it, why are you there?
1: Well, I agree 100% because, you know, a lot of people just seem to be going through the life of or go through the motions of everything. And if they're just doing it, just to do it. But if, you know, people who are really passionate about something, you know, they take more pride into it, which is exactly sounds like what you're doing. You know, and they put forth put forth a better effort, and you know they strive to give that hundred percent. You know, I always hate it when people say like, "Oh, I give a hundred ten percent."
3: Well, you know, a
1: hundred percent's a hundred percent, but but I get I I do get the uh, the cliché of it, I guess. But what's
2: But you know what? When they say, "When I give a hundred ten percent," what does a hundred ten percent look like to you?
1: Well, that's a good question. I mean, you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, I do what's expected of me." But I do that extra little bit to get ahead.
2: What is that extra little bit?
1: I don't. Could be anything. It could be just, you know, you know. As I said, some people just do the regular nine to five, and then when they're leaving the office, and if they see a phone call come in at four fifty nine or right there at five o'clock, nah, five o'clock, I don't do anything. And I and and I can relate to that just because I've worked in, um you know, manufacturing before, before you know, as one of my first jobs, and that, you know, hey, once that bell rings, we're done, we're going home. It didn't matter what was there. Unless you were said, hey, we're working overtime, or they said, hey, you know, you're gone. But that first job taught you to want more, did it not? Well, yeah, I mean, it does teach you to want more, just because, I mean, you know, you can make life what you want it to be. You can say, hey, I'm content on working these types of jobs that, you know, I go in, do my thing, then I'll leave, and some people enjoy that, and there's nothing wrong with that, but there's also people that say, like, you know, uh, I don't want to punch a clock the rest of my life. You know, I want to give more. I want to, you know, like you just said, make a difference in somebody's life. Um, you know, I have more to give out there, but I don't know. I, I mean, it's a, I don't know if it's a tough argument, but um not sure what my point is here, but I, I guess it's a matter of situation or a matter of what your goals and values are.
2: Right? Well, and I think it, at some point when you stop when you stop setting goals and when you stop having ambition, when you when you start becoming content, that's when you start to lose it. Hmm.
1: So when you say you're content that okay, this is how it's going to be for for the rest of my life, that's fine. And that I'm not going to strive to do anything better.
2: Right. But at that point, you start, well, I'll go in here and do, I'll go in to, to work and do what I need to do. But am I really making a difference in somebody's life? Do I still have the same energy every day?
1: I don't know. I mean, it's something to think about. Because, you know, for me that I enjoy helping people, I like contributing and doing what I can, even though I might have a small skill set. But you know, if I've learned something that somebody else hasn't, because I—I mean, maybe somewhere down the road that I found that in my life that somebody gave that part to me, and I was like, and it made me feel good. While I also know that it probably made them feel good as well. So, yeah, maybe maybe that's why I, you know I enjoy trying to give back in any way I can.
2: But your skill set is not small. Every every skill you have can be magnified. It's, I think it's a mindset
1: that we,
3: we get into that makes them small.
1: So what do you mean your your mindset that you're saying that you know hey this is how this is the only thing I can do I know that I'm not going to go outside my box?
2: Right. It, and it, it's what I'm saying is we. I think we get a mindset well I'm not as you know you, we all compare ourselves it's human nature to compare yourself to somebody else. Well I don't have the the talent that my other coworker does, or X amount of coworker does. So I'm just, you know, I'm I'm not going to strive for more because there's no way there's no way I can excel.
3: You know, uh, that was a great quote. Um, Roosevelt said, "The comparison's a thief of
1: joy." Yes, he did. And. I and th- and I agree a hundred percent so that and we might go down a different road here, but this is one of the issues with you know living in a modern society that we have now with everything that you know we get all these with screens in front of us, and I'm not advocating that we should not look on not look up screens or get on social media because I do it obviously. I don't know how much percentage of the time, but when you start looking at people's uh looking up Instagram, or somebody's Instagram and it's it's just somebody's highlight reel, it's all it is. And that's when it seems like that you know, you comparing yourself, oh, they're at Bali tonight, you know, living it up like at, you know, said person, and it's like then now it's like, oh, well, I'm just stuck here at the house watching a movie. And that's when things seem to go south for people.
2: But see, that's when you start, you start getting into thinking. Well, am I successful because I'm not out of out of the club, and I I'm just content being at home? No, success looks different for for a lot of people. I mean, take myself for example. If for for those of you that don't know, I do have a physical disability. I've had cerebral palsy all my life, and if I had believed everything society said about me. Would I be where I am? Probably not. I would be sitting at home, depending on depending on somebody else to to help me out. But I did I didn't buy into that. I, I didn't buy into that mindset. So I wanted to change it. I wanted to make
1: something of myself,
2: and I I think that's where that's where we we become small. We think we can only reach a certain point. Did
1: you pick up that motivation from? Do you think you just had that, or did you find it somewhere just throughout life? No, it's... it's You're saying, hey, I can either do this, or it's I'm trying like, to trade up. It's life experiences. It, really?
2: There, There's nothing, you know, everybody has a life experience that shapes who they are. If if they tell you they don't, then I think they're lying to themselves and to everybody else. Um, life experiences for me, I mean, you know, I don't want to pick on anybody or anything, but there were there were times that um when I when I was younger that I was discriminated against. Um I can I can think of a time when I you know, the big Washington D C trip. I wanted you know, I wanted to go. Everybody wants to go to D C
1: Wait when you say the Washington D C trip, is this like the sixth and seventh grade? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm
2: talking about the sixth and seventh grade um, Washington D.C. Right? Not,
1: not, I don't know if everybody I'm just right. saying not. I don't know if everybody has that in their school system right. but for those who don't know that and correct me if I'm wrong but in 6th grade you would go to Williamsburg and 7th grade would go to Williamsburg but then the next year it we would went, vice versa yeah. yeah so that way we, everybody had a chance to go to we
2: went to Richmond and, and Washington um, th- different years but I know when I was you know my 6th my grade year I was excited, man. You get you get to go on a big trip with all your buddies and get to have all these things. Well, I, I had a wheelchair. I don't use it full time, but at the time I used a wheelchair because they were worried about the distances of walking. And You can understand that being D.C. But, um, you know, one of the things that I always remember is a bunch of my friends and I got together and they said, well, we'll put your name on the board and, and you'll get to room with us. Well, at the time, uh, the principal came in and said, nah, "Matt can't room with you guys. He'll be he'll be going with us, but he'll be rooming with the janitor." And you know how how demeaning is that for a eleven-year-old uh, that had never had never been told he was different. That made you feel different. And um part of the trip I remember when we got to the eternal flame and the tomb of the unknown soldier when everybody got off the bus to go, um, I wasn't able to go because, you know, they didn't want to they didn't want to deal with the wheelchair on the heels.
1: Do you think this is because our education system at the time didn't they didn't know how to deal with with that, or is it's just a matter of, nah, let's take the easy road out? I think... Let's say we can't do it.
2: I think it was a combination of both. I mean, you look at it, um, the Americans with Disabilities Act was still very young. Mm-hmm. Um, it just equipped 30 years um, this past July. but uh, um, So I think it was a little bit of both. And, so would that
1: be about 1980 when it came around? It's about
2: 19. 19- it was in the nineties. Oh, not in the 90s. Nineties. Um, it was passed by the first, first Bush. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think it was. I think it a little bit of both. The ADA was still young at the time, and you know, and you. The sad thing is, you still see it. You still see it in the school systems today, because I, I talk to students all the time, who come from K twelve and and say, you know. I had such a hard time getting accommodations in, in K twelve because the system is not what it needs to be, and the, the college environment is just different. Um, I'm here, I'm here to help people. I'm here to remove barriers and allow access so they can flourish, not to deny them anything.
1: So, is it because that the public education system, as far as K through twelve goes? They're they're not adapted as far as how higher education is to deal with. Do you think?
3: Um,
2: I I think maybe it's
1: or is it just or 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 I mean, you know, where you and I grew up. I mean, you know, it's very rural. You know, but if you go to like you know a, a bigger city with more opp- right. you know b- bigger resources, more opportunities. Right. I mean, maybe you know a higher. Uh, population and more people who've dealt with people right. who with disabilities.
2: Well, I think it's I think you and you touched on it. Every school system has different resources,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but my argument to that is: no matter what resources you have, are you maximizing them? I don't know. Are you maximizing them? Are you are you removing the stigma that comes with? Oh boy, this you know. This six-year-old kid is on crutches. You know, what is he going to do with this life? Yeah. That that is what I'm talking about. We have to get beyond the stigma, and I think it's more, to me, the idea is it's
1: society that disables you, not, not the disability itself. So you're saying it's everybody living in society that disables.
2: I I mean, if you if you look at society, when when they build, I mean, before the ADA, when they build new buildings, when they build new, you know, new homes and different things, Mm -hmm. is the is the first thing they they think of accessibility? Probably not. No, because you look at you think of you know how can we make my building the best. You don't think of the rant. You don't think of the rant that needs to go in it for for somebody with a wheelchair that that to get them access, you know. And it's I hate to say it, but as you as you build all these nice buildings on university campuses, no matter what the campus is, um, you they have to think about it now. But you know, you build a new residence hall, okay, great, but you've You've allowed them, you've given them a disability accommodating room, okay. okay. But let's say they want to go, they want to go visit um, their their friend on the second floor,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but there's no elevator, okay. So the argument would be, well, can't the friend come down? Can't the friend just come down to them? Well, they could, but why not? Why not give them the, the freedom? To, to use the whole building.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it's kind of weird that, you know... Plus, yeah, you can come down to them, but what, are you going to sit in a common area?
3: Right.
1: Yeah, where, you know, you'd have obviously have more privacy in a, your actual room. Right. So, I don't think it's a very good argument. I mean, yeah, it's an argument. Yeah, okay, yeah. Anybody can go anywhere. And they, it's a money argument. So, you're saying that they don't want to pay for these extra... When I say they... What do you mean, like taxpayers or people or certain yeah. individuals running, right, it, it, uh, or it's building a, that building? It's yeah. a general. It's a general that
2: it, it can be, and you no, know, it's it's not so much taxpayers because the buildings that are going up are on the on the owners of that building. Yeah, and not, you know people don't think about it, but to make a building accessible, it costs. It costs a lot of money, and if they can, you know, they're trying to build a nice building, but they're trying to do it without breaking the bank.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, that's almost every project that comes in with, you know, I guess anything that, hey, this is our budget, so what's the best that we can do, and so people are going to start taking shortcuts and cutting out certain things that they don't absolutely need, and then I guess what you're saying is that's one of the actual things. Like, oh well, we don't need this ramp here. Right. We'll we'll do it or we'll do this. Instead.
2: But I mean the the other piece of it. Let's say a movie theater. Okay. Okay. If you build you build a brand new spank, a new movie theater, it might not scare the movie theater or they did before the pandemic hit. Yeah. But um, but yeah, you build this nice movie theater, but there there's there's steps, and a person a wheelchair user a full time wheelchair user, who would love to go to the movies and get get that movie popcorn everybody loves that movie popcorn
1: um I know I do, yeah,
2: I know you do, but uh you know you know they get to the movie theater they get all they get all psyched up to see the movie uh suicide squad they get up they get all psyched up, and all of a sudden well. Crap, there's, there's steps here. So I can't go with my friend. And my friends who want me to be part of this have to spend time, you know, lugging my wheelchair up the steps just so I can go. Uh-huh. That's, for, for a person with a disability, that is pretty demeaning.
1: I mean, I get that 100% because, you know, a lot of people don't look at things through another person's or they don't walk in another person's shoes or look at life in your eyes, for example. So, you know, you're wanting to go out and have a good time. And then all of a sudden, an obstacle like that comes into place. And then, you know, it's just like, the whole energy goes down. Right. And then it makes you feel bad. And and I get that 100 percent. And it sucks. Yes. I, th- I mean, I don't know any other word for it. It just it fucking sucks. And, and you know, I hate it. But, but I mean, are we seeing newer buildings, though, that come back and they're actually advocating for people with disabilities think, and uh, making things more accessible? Or is it just, are we dealing with buildings that have just been built before uh, well, the American Disabilities Act?
2: And that, that is a lot what you run into is that, you know, if these buildings were <laughs> built before the ADA was passed, they don't have to... They don't have to be accessible because they're grandfathered in, unless you modify them. Now, you modify the building, it has to be accessible. But in in most cases, I think we have made great strides in making society more accessible. But we can do more. With you. And it doesn't matter what year it's going to be, you can always do more.
1: So you're saying, all right, so you said earlier the American Disabilities Act was in the 90s? Rocky. Uh... <laughs> So, if any building before that was built in before 1990s, they don't have to comply with ADA. Right, unless they unless they decide to make a change.
2: Unless they modify the building, they do not.
1: But any building after the ADA now has to make sure they're in compliance. Mm -hmm.
2: Unless unless they are unless they have been deemed a um, you know before ninety
3: or a historical building. Mm
1: Oh, a historical building. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, your your historical buildings, which
2: kind of go along the same line. You mean like the
1: Lincoln statue?
2: I'm I'm talking about, um, yeah, those things.
1: So they don't have to do anything with that. They can just keep it as it is. Unless,
2: well, again, if they modify it, they do. But it it gets kind of tricky with the historical pieces of it. So yeah,
1: cause, yeah. because they can say that, hey, this is a historical piece. We're right. not going to modify right. this. It'll right. take away the integrity. It takes of it. away
2: the history. So it it, it may come down to that.
1: You know, I, I get that and but I I don't get it. You know, I'm I'm on the fence about it because you want everybody to enjoy it, but and I do understand that, you know, well if we do this and that means it's gonna change a bunch of things for it, but
3: hmm.
1: I didn't realize it was just it re went to
3: historical buildings. Yeah. Uh it does.
1: So you know, I, when I was in Philadelphia, I think I went two or three years ago, and I saw Independence Hall. But I, I didn't go inside it. I think I, I didn't even go that close to it. Actually, but I just kind of walked around it. But I didn't even bother to look at it. I wondered, like, oh, how accessible mm-hmm. is this? So that's what you're talking about, though. That mm-hmm. if there was, if it was only stairs to get in there, right. They could just say, no, we're not going to build a ramp. Um, Can they yeah. just say that? We're not building a
2: ramp. Well, I mean, they'd have to. They'd have or do you to, have to
1: go through a bunch of. They'd have
2: to be able to justify it. They'd have to say, here's. Okay, if you're not going to build a
3: ramp, how would building that ramp take away the historical significance of the building? Hmm. Tell me that, and good luck trying to justify
1: well, I mean, all right. I'm. I'm pl- I'll play devil's advocate here. That I think you can justify. Well, I don't, you can't. You can justify stuff, but how well do you justify it? Is what we're coming down to. But so we'll say, all right. We're talking about Independence Hall. So if I, if I said, well, they they didn't have ramps in 1776. I mean, I don't know. Do they have ramps? I'm sure they did. When I say they, did, did we have ramps in 1776? Probably not. So. That's going to take away the historical value because it's not historically correct because nobody had a ramp. Right, but is there something about building
2: that ramp that takes away from the history?
1: I mean, for me, no. I mean, I could care less. Right. I mean, like just, I mean, now say let's if we go, it's the outside of the building. I mean, right. you know, if, if you painted it, whatever. I think it's brick, but if you painted a, a different color, okay, cool. But if you go inside it and start changing things, I think that might... You know, let's say if you put an elevator inside it. Right. Okay, obviously they didn't have an elevator in 1776.
2: Right. But, you know, for anything, if you're going to, if you're going to deny any modification or accommodation, you better have...
1: You got to do your homework.
2: Yeah. You better have a good, solid justification... It's
1: to why, I get that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's just, you know, you know, just don't do it just because, oh, whatever, I'm just going to do it. Just do it because, hey, this is important. There's reasons why, you know, and even, it allows, like you, you were talking about earlier, allows you to actually take in a piece of history or a piece of whatever. I mean, even walking in, I mean, this could, we're supposed to not talk about historically, um. Places, but I know you're a sports fan, and that no. even if you wanted to go see a game at Wrigley Park, God, I just Yeah, I mean, you would want to be able to get hey, somebody roll in there and watch one and see they they modified Wrigley Field um, to the point where this, uh, this was, was built in
2: what
3: the 30s? Yeah, um, was but it? It was built after. Oh, not, I got a Google box here. Not Googlebot. long after Fenway, but um, Wrigley Field. Yeah. Built.
2: It was, uh, now you can, you can, 1914. Okay, so it was about two years after Fenway Park, but, um, if you, uh, Fenway Park, what what? Fenway was built in 1912.
1: You know that for a fact? Yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's Google. You want
2: to check me on that? I bet you five Fenway bucks. Fenway Parkway. Five bucks. It says it was built in 1912. All right. Titanic sunk.
1: Oh, Interesting. Yeah, you're right about 1912, but I forgot Titanic. That was 1912 too. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It was.
2: It was completed the year. I mean, not year, but duh. the week after. It, it opened up the week after. So the Titanic thing.
1: Fenway is the oldest stadium in Major League Baseball and one of the most famous.
2: Yes. Oh. And by the way, the Red Sox are still winning the baseball games at Fenway. But um, yeah, but it's. <laughs> A lot, a lot of those ballparks have, have been modified to keep the historical pieces of it, like Fenway, like Ridley Field, and you still have access to be able to go see it. And I remember, I re, I remember going to uh, the uh, Braves game in '97, and of course I haven't had my wheelchair, yet, but. The stadium did not have the accessible entrance. I believe was around back, so you know I remember grandpa having having to push me all around just to just to find a way to get me in the stadium.
3: Yeah. Hmm. So
1: yeah, I don't know another word for it. Just sucks, too. Yes, it does.
2: But. Society's getting better. I think, like I said, we're getting better. I think we've made long strides, but there's a a lot more that can be done.
1: Well, if if you had a magic wand and you were able to wave it and say, hey, there's a lot more that can be done, what would you do to say, all right, this is the world we need? Right.
2: If I had a magic wand, I don't think I'd focus it on accessibility. I I'd focus it on more acceptance. How do you mean? I think we, as people,
3: still, you know,
2: we still have a a stereotype when it comes to people with disabilities. Okay? How can, and it's not just people with disabilities, it's people in general. Okay? But I'm using disabilities because that's that's what I've lived and that's what I've worked in but you know you look at a person with a disability you automatically automatically think well what kind of life do they have? If you if you didn't know me and a lot of you don't but if if you were to look at me out out at a restaurant or any type walking on crutches,
3: what kind of life what kind of life does he have? Uh,
2: You know my life's pretty good compared
3: to his. How do you know that?
2: How do you know that? And, you know, don't, don't have the idea that I feel like that I'm broken. I'm not broken. Um, I think, I think people look at, look at people with disabilities and it, it can be any type of disability and, oh, it, it stinks to be him. No, it don't stink to be me. I don't suffer um it's it's just that stigma that I'm talking about let's get rid of that let's let's accept people for who they are and uh start looking at how we can make the world a a better place for not just people with disabilities
3: but for everybody
1: I mean that's what the world's dealing with now I mean, obviously you know as well as I know that we're all going down this road of racism and bigots and you know and you know obviously people with disabilities is not major news right now but but it seems that that's what the whole world is kind of we have all separated ourselves that you're on one side or the other
2: But see that that's the thing um, you say people this movie is not major news right now maybe we're not
1: but I'm, I'm not saying that that you're not major news I'm just saying that you know you don't hear CNN and Fox News talking about that
2: Right, because they're, they're they're too busy to focusing on a lot of things. But the problem is, is we need to we need to start paying attention to, to those issues. People people don't think about it. People want to ignore the fact that disability is the only group anybody can join at any point in
3: your life. Okay.
2: You know?
1: Wait, wait, wait. So you're just saying you you know, like tomorrow there could be a chance I was in a car accident. You could. I mean, I'm not saying there's not, but that's what that's what you mean, though. That, but that I didn't think about it that way. That there is a chance that one day. Look. You know, I mean, there was a guy. Um, I'll have to look him up now. He. Uh, Sorry, folks. I'm
3: looking this up. Broke his. Um uh, uh, Kevin
1: O'Gart. He was in the CrossFit competition. And he was doing a snatch, and he broke his back. Now he's in a wheelchair. One time. Yeah. And it was a fluke incident. I don't even think he was going even that heavy. It was just...
2: Right. And it, it's it's something that people want to ignore because they don't want to think about, you know, not having the ability to do X, Y, and Z, okay? But at the same time, you know, people don't want to think about getting Oh, You don't have to, you don't have to think about... Well, a car accident—that's an obvious one. But we're all—we're all, we're all going to get old, right? We're That's what gonna, Tom tells us. Yeah. Well, we're all going to lose the ability to do something.
3: Well, when you have a limitation, that makes you disabled. Really. Mm-hmm. I
2: mean, I—I I worked for a nonprofit, uh, the River Valley Disability Research Center, for eight—um—eight um, eight years before moving to Tech. And, uh, you know, we, our major focus, one of the major focuses we had was helping people remain in their homes. Well, if a person can't shower, how can they remain in their home? If a person, um, if a person has to constantly stay in their home because they can't get out, because they can't use the steps like they once did, how does that impact their mental health? How does it impact their quality of life, so I mean you're going to eventually lose well hopefully not, but eventually be limited by age or by anything else at any given time, and you have you know you don't want to think about it because thinking about it means you've lost an ability that you once had. People ask me all the time, well, wouldn't you like to walk why?"
3: Well, you can walk, but you have crutches. Well,
2: yeah, but wouldn't I wouldn't I like to walk with with uh without them. without crutches? Okay, my my question to you is, yeah, to you that would make my life better. But to me, I say to you is, I would have to learn a whole new way of life compared to what I'm used to. I know how to right now. I've gotten used to how I do things. Uh-huh. I know how to get up and get dressed and get ready and mm-hmm. do all those things if i don't you know if I was to um not have the crutches anymore and be able to to walk with them I've got to learn a whole new way of life
1: well you, you don't want that change what i mean what if it was a change for, i mean yeah you have to learn a whole new way of life and I understand that but if it was uh learning a new way that would better yourself. But can you guarantee that? I don't know. I mean, if someone said, you know, we talked about that magic wand. If somebody said, here, you don't need crutches anymore, you can walk without them.
3: Yeah,
2: but... These,
1: uh, do, I mean... See,
2: to me, and I get where you're coming from, but to me, that's that's where I say, you know, my disability is my superpower. And you think, how's your superpower? Well... My disability allows me to connect with my students in a way some can't. Uh-huh. I've been I've been through the wars of college as a person who used yeah. the accommodations that, that yeah. I that I often authorized. I teach them how to navigate with professors and deal with those things. And would I be in my position where I am now without my disability? Maybe. But would I be as passionate about it if I didn't have my disability?
1: I I mean I agree with that because you you can relate to your students, but and then without your disability, you know, like for me, I could not. Like I can understand what they're going through just because I know you, but I can't ultimately relate to it. I guess is what I'm trying right. to
2: say. And just it's, it's like for me, I you know. <clears throat> I can't relate to what you do at CrossFit. Mm-hmm. No, let me, you know, I, I respect what you do. I I have immense admiration for what you do. But you wouldn't catch me dead doing it.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I think there's a lot that you can do as far as body weight movements and, you know, kettlebells and dumbbells. <laughs> I mean, you know, we've been down this road before talking about it.
2: Yeah, but when walking on my hands and all other things
1: well i mean I'm, i mean that's not just you know because you know you have a disability right, that's yeah. that's even people right. who don't have a disability I know that but,
2: i mean i have i have great admiration for for everybody that does it um you know um i respect it i love it but i've i've learned to live a life that i don't I don't begrudge who i am mm-hmm. my disability is who i am it's a big part of who I am. It's what makes me good at my job, and it
3: it what it, it's what motivates me to to be better.
1: Well, that's good. That's you know that's admirable. I mean, you don't hear that from a lot of people. You know, kind of what I said earlier. Just people were just working for the paycheck, and that's it, and go home.
2: I mean, if you think about it, I'm I wasn't even supposed to do this. I was I was. The kid that when I was born, I was told I wouldn't walk, talk, or do anything.
1: Was that because that's that was just the doctor's? That partner?
2: was that was the doctor's opinion.
1: Yeah, and but do you think it was just because that when you started when you were born and you started growing just everything started developing? I don't know. I, I like really, your mind started developing and your body developed into your environment. I really,
2: I really don't know. I think I think I have to give a lot of. That credit to to you as my brother, but uh to, to also my
3: mom. I mean,
2: mom.
0: Oh, shout out mom. <laughs>
2: yeah, well you knew mom was gonna get the shout out on the show, right? But um you know, mom pushed me you no know, my entire family pushed me. I was never
3: I was never the kid that was left out.
2: Yeah. I don't know I don't know what that's like. That's why, you know, going back to the experience I had with the Washington Drip, that's why the Washington Drip was so weird to me. i would never been made to feel different.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm not different. I just walk different, right. But that's who I am. <laughs> and it's, it's um, but
3: without, again, without my disability in my I, I wouldn't
1: have that motivation factor. Yeah, so speaking of that, like a lot of people would just accept it, but you know how life is going to be. So that you when you said that, you know, the doctor's opinion was that uh nah, this this guy ain't gonna do normal. But I mean you know, I've talked about it a lot with my friends and stuff that you know, that's part of a motivation when you know somebody might fat shame me or something not to say that no one right. ever has and and I'm not saying that you should go out and fat shame people but for me that if somebody was like nah nah dude you look a little fat tonight yeah, you know, it's oh then like, it fires yeah. me up and like alright I'll show y'all you know All right. whatever right. but I get that that you know hey somebody says hey you're not going to do this and this and this and then you know that fire burns inside you and you say mm-hmm. give me give me a couple of days we'll right. see what goes on here now
2: well and I
1: it's bold. A lot of people don't have that. A lot of people, just like you were saying, just okay, I'll just sit here and just lay in the cut. Fuck okay. it.
2: All you have to do is tell me I can't do something, mm-hmm. and I find a way to do it. I remember um, when I was an intern uh, during my graduate career, I had uh, somebody say, "Well, you know, it's probably when you go on interviews, you're going to have to make somebody see past the." You know, past the crutches, past the walker.
3: Yeah, I knew that. Um, does it make it harder? Yeah. Um, but, hey, I had
2: I had something I wanted to do. And uh, I just kept that. And now I get to do uh, something I love every
3: single day.
1: Yeah, I mean, and a lot of people don't find that. I don't know if we touched on that earlier, but I think we kind of said a little bit about it. But, yeah, a lot of people... You no, know, you you think work is not work, you think it's I forgot what the, uh, the expression I'm looking uh, for is that if you if you go to do something you love every day it's not work. It's not work. It's actually um, something you enjoy.
2: Do I do I think work is work? No. I think uh I love what I do. Um, there are there are challenges to it, like any job, but at the end of the day I come home and I, I know what I do and uh when I when I lose that love for it, when I lose that passion for it, it's time to go do something else. And I I talked about earlier, you know, working with emotion. Do everything you do with emotion, because if there's no emotion in it, who's actually who you actually benefit?
1: Oh, so you're saying that when you say emotion, you're if you're just this. Kind of, if things are going bad or well, you're just kind of in the the balance in the middle, and you're not right. doing anything. I mean, you it's should, like, what's the point?
2: Right when you when you lose that emotion, that that fire that burns inside, um, and you start just going through the motion, you get complacent, and then then you lose, you know you stop growing as a person, you stop growing as an individual, and you stop
3: growing as a profession. Yeah.
1: I mean, we're talking about growing. Do you see yourself doing this the rest of your life, or do you see yourself something you think you might want to move into greener pastures I or think, bigger, greener pastures? Um,
2: I tell you, uh, I had that question earlier this week, uh, but uh, I don't. I'll answer this one. I don't plan on being a dispute counselor for the next fifteen years. I have. I've always strived. For the top chair um there there's there's always something in me that wants to be the top dog
3: and um I don't know why
2: it's just there that's that's my motivation right now to put it in a in a sports analogy i feel like i'm I'm an assistant coach okay. i'm learning i'm learning i'm learning how to be better I'm, I'm growing as a professional but i don't want to i don't want to sit in the third chair all day. 15 years mm-hmm. you know i i eventually want to move up to the associate you know associate head coach and i've i eventually want to move up to the top chair i don't know where that's going to be but uh it's yeah. something that i i continue to want, want to do that's good
1: yeah you know like i said earlier a lot of people don't you know a lot of people say hey you know, if you're gonna flip burgers or just do it and just say, Alright, I'm content with doing this But a lot of people there's some people out there that hey, I'm gonna be the best damn burger flipper out there. Yeah.
2: yeah. And I, you know, I'm not I've got a competitive fire in me. It's not one of my top five strengths, but um, it's it's in there. And I strive I wanna be the best counselor on my team. Good. Because if I'm the best counselor on my team, it benefits the students
3: of Virginia Tech. Tech, baby. <laughs> Shout out to them. Yeah. Shout out to Blacksburg. But, um, I'm, I'm
2: excited to see where my career's gonna go. Um, and if I, if I see an opportunity, it, it may not be. It may not be in Blacksburg. Okay? But, but I'm not, once I get, once I feel like I'm seasoned and ready to go. And time will tell me that.
1: So do you think higher education is the place to be, or do you, th- you see yourself into a private sector?
2: Uh, you know, I went to, I don't want to close the door on a private sector. I've, I've never closed the door on anything. Uh-huh. But at the same time, this is what, higher education is what I went to school to get my master's in. I have a master's in counseling and development with a concentration in student affairs. So, this is what I want to do I love doing it I've loved doing it since I've been a student government rapper um so i I want to make a career of it
3: and it, it's a pretty good career to be to be honest with you um take, take, take good care of the people and uh i'm I'm just really excited to be part of it and uh, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to be a tech for fifteen years I think I think you know hoping you're At the same place for fifteen years, I think it's a little short sighted and you know,
2: I think at times you you can outgrow your position, and you have to go where the opportunity is.
1: Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. I mean, if that's what you know, a lot you know, we've been saying this for the last whatever how long we've been talking, but a lot of people are just content where they're at. A lot of people do maybe outgrow their position, and then, okay, I just want to stay here because they're either scared of change or. You know, or they're just content on. Um, you know, they found their way of life, and that's what they want. But
2: and look, I'm not. I'm not here saying that a, a person who's con who's content and is happy, then be content, and be happy. Okay, okay? not not every student that comes to my door at Virginia Tech is going to is going to graduate from Virginia Tech. I hope they do, but you know, there's a lot more that goes into that. Maybe they, maybe they didn't succeed at Tech, but maybe they, maybe they go, you know, close to home, go to Georgia Tech or something, uh, another university, and find your place. What I'm saying is just find your place. If you're content, being happy and you know working at,
1: at the same job for forty years, good for you. Yeah, a lot of people can't find their place and they don't do it in life and they don't, you know, a lot of people look. Human species is almost has to look for their tribe, and a lot of people can't find it. And a lot of people, no, I, I keep saying a lot of people and shit, but you know, like you know, CrossFit's probably my tribe, and you know, my family's my tribe, and a lot of people just they don't have that and they can't find it. And sometimes they do find a tribe, and sometimes it's just because they're accepted into something and maybe something they're not completely. They're not with, and they don't feel strongly about, but, oh, they were just accepted, and then that just changes their morals and values. It's
2: it's an identity.
1: Yeah.
3: It's an identity, and
2: once you find
1: it,
3: you're good to go. But
1: But a lot of people, they they find the wrong identity, it seems like. But sometimes... No, not a lot. I keep seeing a lot of people. (laughs)
2: Sometimes it takes the wrong identity
3: to realize the right one.
1: You can't really know where you can go
3: forward until you know where you've been. It's a bold statement. And don't forget where you've been. Yeah. A lot of people forget how they grew up and Never forget where you've been because that's when you change as a person. Hopefully for the better.
1: Well dang got a little hot and heavy, not hot, but we got a little heavy yeah. on this conversation. I didn't expect it to go down this road. I thought it was, uh, just going to be, let's talk about sports and talk about bullshit and whatnot. <laughs> um, all right, well, we'll change gears real quick. Um, uh, basketball just won a gold medal. Did you see it?
3: Yeah, well, I
2: didn't see it, but I'm glad they did, um. Kevin Durant really rose to the occasion. Um, if not for, uh, if, no, if not for Kevin, I'm not sure if the U.S. Um, would have won the gold medal. Um, it, it's a good thing they did. They kept the kept the streak of Olympic success for basketball going. And guess what? They did it without Coach K. Okay. Well, they got Coach Pop, baby. Yeah, they got they got, got Popovich, man. Uh, they got Popovich. Um, Coach K's ready to go sit on the beach somewhere and sip um, a drink or two but um i I was happy for them um that first loss to France kind of woke him up, i guess um uh, but uh, uh Kevin Dra really played
3: exceptional, and they were they're putting him in the echelon of Olympic breakthrough because of his play uh, I was trying to see if I could figure out how he did last night um. Artisan. They should if you check ESPN.com. They probably have it. Ah, uh, yeah. I was
1: just going Google All right, here we go. Oh, uh, this might be it. So you're saying it was because of KD that did all the work? I think,
2: I. well, I almost say he did all the work. He, he was the driving force behind
1: it. Okay, so, well, he had 29 <laughs> points. And then we have Lilliard and Holiday with 11 or the next two. Well, Jason Tatum from the bench came off the bench with 19. I'm surprised Tatum wasn't starting.
2: Yeah, don't forget that. Well, he played. Dude, Duke. I mean,
3: come on. Duke guys don't start the NBA. I thought Kyrie was on the uh, team. No, he's not on
1: the team. Oh, okay. Well, well, I see why. I mean, KD's kind of one of the heavy hitters on the team. Well, there's Booker. Two points. 0 for 4 oh, yeah. on field goals. Good job, Booker. You pissed <laughs> off about the finals? <laughs> he, might, he might
2: be. He might be, but KD played really well. If not for him, um,
1: well, they didn't even, JaVale McGee didn't even play. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> he got a gold medal though. And- <laughs>
2: well, and you know, J- JaVale was not on the original <laughs> team. Um, Kevin Love actually was uh, with Bradley Beal.
1: And what happened to they? Into?
2: Uh, they contracted COVID and uh, cannot play. So they got
3: um. with was a last minute ad.
1: What do you think? Kind of switching gears here for sports. Uh, you know, we heard that we're not going to have no vaccine passports to show that you've been vaccinated. Now New York is requiring that you show a vaccine. That you've had the vaccine just to go eat in, go to the gym,
3: or etc.
2: But how can you?
3: What
1: do you mean?
2: I think that's...
1: Well, if you got the card, you could show it. Is that what you're saying?
2: Sure, but can we really require cards? I mean... I, I mean, I don't
1: like it. <laughs> I don't... To me,
2: that's... You know, you can't require... A person with a medical condition can't be required to get the vaccine. I mean, sure. if... So, you tell me I can't I can't eat here because I don't have a car?
1: That's what New York is saying. And then but that was part of the argument with vaccines is that, you know, hey, if you want to go to see a concert, you're gonna to have to show that you got the vaccine. If you want to go eat, if you want to go fly a plane or go, you know, fly somewhere, you gotta show that you got the vaccine. What? Which they were saying that was not gonna happen, and now New York has already placed it into the state. So do you think we're gonna see a lot of the other states do that? I hope not say
2: i i hope not i think um you know i'm i'm i think virginia has done well uh, with our vaccine numbers we can do better as every state can do better um but i think you know you're, you're going to start telling people that you know maybe they can't maybe they want to get the vaccine but maybe they can't because of some of condition. yeah Pre- Pre existing condition. Okay. You tell me that I can't eat at McDonald's anymore? Because I
1: That's what I don't have a card. So how would that work if you uh went through drive through? Can do you have to show that you had it if you go through the drive through?
2: I would hope not. Just get DoorDash and Um
1: Yeah, I mean even if you get DoorDash, if somebody comes to your house, I mean, do you have to say, Hey, I got my vaccine card, you can deliver well, food I mean, now?
2: You can do that. You do the home alone, just leave it on the leave it on the doorstep. And get the heck out. But I mean, but <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> leave it on the doorstep. And get the hell out of
2: here. Um, you know, it's it's just. I think you know. I want people to be be protected and be smart. But I think we again, we as a
3: society are going a little too far. Away. A little too extreme. Mm-hmm. You've got to allow people to have their rights. Okay?
2: If people have, people have a right to choose, you don't want to get vaccinated, fine. You don't want to get vaccinated, fine. Yeah. But that should not cost them a job. It
3: well,
2: shouldn't.
1: Well, this is what it's showing that just because you had the vaccine now that... we And we even knew this before we got the vaccine that you can still carry the virus and right. give it to people who are non-vaccinated.
3: Right. Yeah.
2: But so... Now we, like you said, now we know, is the vaccine going to 100% prevent everything? No. No. Um, so, you know, we have, as a society, I think we have to be careful. We have to be safe. But we have to get back to life. Whatever whatever it looks like now, we have to get back to life. Yeah,
1: I mean, it was going back on earlier what you said that. You know, people, I think people do want to work. I think people do want to be out. You know, there is some days that people want to be cooped up in the house, but it's not good for people's mental health. You no. know, that just to sit at home and, you know, I mean, some people can do it, but, you know, I don't think the majority of people want that.
2: But I mean, how much Netflix
1: can you watch in a day? I'm sure there's some people who can just fucking crush it. but Yeah, but, I mean, obviously some people, I would hope, want to walk outside and at least... Get a breath of fresh air and look at the sun. I mean that, and that's what you know. They're saying that you know uh, some researchers are saying that you know people with a lack of vitamin D is the reason why COVID is hitting them so hard. Maybe so. And that part, part of it, vitamin D, you go outside you get it from the sun. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can supplement it, but sometimes you just go outside and you get it from the sun.
2: I just, I just think we have to. I'm not saying loosen restrictions, I'm not saying I have restrictions. I'm saying we have to get back to life yeah. we have to you know we have to get back to supporting events. we have to get back to concerts. We have to get back to those things because those those things are what what give people joy mm-hmm. and when you when you take the joy away, then mental health starts to yeah
1: deteriorate. yeah because they're not doing what they want to do. They're just told, hey, you have to sit here and watch TV. There's only so much things you can do inside, and you can do them, you know, through technology. It helps a lot now, but still, people want to interact. They just, you know, people don't want to just sit on, you know, video games and conference calls. They want the actual human interaction. Actually, they want the real thing. Well,
3: it depends on who you talk to some
1: people like it. I agree. I think there is, but I think it's... But I think... But they can still get a dose of human interaction through family or friends, and but it's a small dose, and then they're, that's all they need But I still think, and, and I knew, you know, I've read articles and stories of people who just go and live in the wilderness and in the forest by themselves, and they're fine. That's, that's I guess, there's exemptions to everything, to all the rules. But I know
3: that. It's not it doesn't work for me.
2: Um I know working from home works for some people but it just doesn't work for me. Um I I like to have the ability to go even if it is at seven o'clock in the morning. Um I like to have the ability to go, I like to have the ability to walk into my office and
3: um, at the end of the day when I close the door I can be done. Okay. That's just my that's just my philosophy. I like that. I like that.
1: Um, all right, we're running short on time here. Uh, well, I was going to ask you, did you bet on the game last night? Did I bet on the oh, The USA basketball? I did not bet on USA did basketball. You bet on the match.
2: Um, I did not bet on them. Every you know, every time I bet on them, they kind of screwed up. <laughs> so, um, I feel like that. If I'd probably been on them, they'd probably have a silver a silver miller right now. But um, no, but I, I did bid on some baseball. My my Fandle account is looking pretty nice right now. So, yeah, um, excited for football and all that. All this time money, I'll be making off
1: football
3: or maybe uh, maybe losing.
1: I think there's from when college football starts that there'll be a college football game or NFL football game. Every week until the end of the year.
2: From now on, yes. Yeah, because preseason the NFL started Thursdays, so, um, um, so you know, if you want to find the football game, it'll be on.
3: Foodie, about, yeah. But
2: we got, we still got baseball playoffs to go through before, before we get the
1: football. How's the football team look this year? And when I say the football team, I mean the uh, Washington,
2: my awesome, my awesome football team. Um. Well, you know, I, I I think our defense I think our defence is gonna be better. It was top he was top in the league last year. Um still a little bit worried about the quarterback situation, but you know, you sign a three year old journeyman in Fitzpatrick and you pray and hope he can throw the ball, but um, You like him? you all like him? Uh, we'll find out.
1: He seems to have a good social media presence. Well, like, he's he's kinda of funny. Uh with his beard and just uh, wasn't he at Tampa before? He
2: was. He's been at Tampa. He's been at Miami. He's been in Cincinnati. Um, but uh, we'll find out how much I like him at first game against the Chargers. Uh, only, uh, only, uh, well,
1: <laughs> you think football teams going to get a actual team name soon? Or
2: they uh, they are saying that um, well once they get all the. Sexual harassment suits taken care of You Good job being your sniper. But uh, they, they do plan to have a, a team day next year, They but they don't want to. They're not um, debugging what they will be.
1: Sounds like the football team's got a tough road <laughs>
2: Well, when did they not? But they are actually... Um, if you look at the sports books, they're actually picked to finish second in the East.
1: What do you think about the Indians name change? Go, we'll go to baseball real quick.
2: Um, you know, I think you want to change the name, fine. But I think you could pick a hundred different names. Better than what? The, the Guardians? Guardians.
1: The Guardians, man. I hate it. And the logo sucks, too. It's, Gar- like a, it's a G with wings. Yeah. Sick, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That really fires me up, <laughs> your
2: boy. I mean, <laughs> you think of the late the legacies of Cleveland and all the things that Cleveland's been through, and the best thing you can come up with is the Guardians. Yeah, I mean, and people, you know what? Right now, people don't care because uh, Baker Mayfield and the boys are about to hit the field. Mm-hmm. Football is the mecca in Cleveland; it will always be because LeBron's playing in LA. And
1: what do you think when LeBron was there, though? Basketball was the mecca. Uh clearly because they actually won championships over the Browns. I would they think. They won yeah. How many of the Browns win?
2: Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think, I think it was, I think it was close, but I, I think when you, if you were to talk to anybody from Cleveland, at the end of the day, they would tell you, it's Browns football.
3: But that's just well, me. they have a rich history. Yeah, they do. Very, very legendary history. Mm-hmm. Great players, but
1: uh, I mean, Cleveland Cavaliers didn't really have anything until well, they had Mark Price,
3: well, yeah.
1: Bri- 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 Doherty. Brad Doherty, <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh-huh.
2: then
1: the then LeBron came around.
2: Yeah, I mean, the only thing Cleveland was known for is to to have the have a shot that Michael hit over Craig Elo that. Uh, Oh, so yeah. Several years ago.
1: Yeah, That's that he did I'm his saying. famous jump in the air. Yeah,
2: the jump in the air and the fist pump. Yeah,
1: one. Space Jam, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's on there.
2: Yeah, the decent Space Jam.
1: But, um, but, the uh, other one was pretty good. The first one was pretty good.
2: Well, yeah, it I right. mean,
1: the second one was pretty good.
2: Yeah,
1: it wasn't terrible. It but,
2: wasn't but, terrible. But, um, yeah.
3: Um, Cleveland, Cleveland has a history of heartbreak when it comes to sports. I mean, if you... If you if you think back to the ninety seven World Series, um that that base
2: hit by Craig Council. that uh, went in the center field that just broke Klugman's heart
3: and gave the Marlins the ninety seven World Championship. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's Yeah. <laughs> I mean you lose a game like that, I'd be upset.
2: Yeah, yeah and it's it's one of those things that you don't get up.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, stuff like this just lives with you, the back of your mind. Well, not even probably the back of your mind. Just, you probably think about it every day. I think yeah. I would.
3: Yeah, I would be, too. Think about the poor Braves fans. I mean, they've they had one World Series. All those great teams that they've had. One World Series in 95. Chipper Jones. Well, Chipper wasn't on that team. It wasn't? No.
1: And Andre Jones. Andrew
2: Andre was not on the team. Um Who the fuck was on the team?
1: <laughs> Greg Maddox. Tom Glavin.
2: Uh Glavin yeah. Brad Klantz. Uh, was
1: He's a Patrick County boy. didn't he win a championship? He yeah. was
2: yeah, he was on that team. Um actually I think it was his rookie year. David Justice hit the Homer in game six to give him a
3: championship. No. Oh, so there's not much off i can fucking remember. <laughs> okay. Well, so David Justice. <laughs>
2: Went,
1: I, I do remember him.
3: Then he went to the Yankees, and his entire
2: career went. To, uh,
1: they go much. to Yankees and the Oakland.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yankees basically gave him to Oakland. Um, there they paid. You know, if you watch Moneyball, they paid the majority of his salary to go play for somebody else.
1: Yankees so, did. Yeah, yeah. But so then he actually played well.
2: Well, he did. Um, that that team that was. The team
3: broke when that won one in a row. Yeah. Was it 20 or 22? It was 20. Oh, okay. Let's um, uh, fact check this. Yes. I swear
2: he's going to fact check everything. <laughs> I can't tell
3: you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they won one in a row that year, but they They lost um, Yeah, you're right.
1: <laughs> Team's most famous, however, for winning twenty consecutive games. Yeah.
2: But see what that what what that movie doesn't mention, it mentions Scott Hanniberg and Justice and um, Chad Bradford. But it you know, they failed to tell you that that, that that team had three twenty game winners on.
1: Who who finally beat the A's to end their consecutive win streak? Uh trivia time. Naming off everything else,
2: <laughs> yeah. um, I believe it was Kansas City, but I'm, not. Broke the A's I'm
3: pretty
2: sure Kansas City. I'm pretty confident it was Kansas City.
1: All right, uh, this is from Wikipedia in one of the most famous moments in Oakland athletics history, pitch pence hitter Scott Hatterberg Hatterberg. Mm-hmm. Then hit a one-out solo home run off Kansas City reliever Jason Grimsley. Mm-hmm. The home run clinched AL record. Oh, well, that's not what I'm asking for. Who ended the A's? It was Kansas City. Austin Hayes. I ends at 13 and 8-1 lost to Orioles. This is not. That's not. No,
3: that's not what you want. No. Uh, um, hold on. Which team broke twenty game winning streak? Athletic A's. Oakland oh, A's.
1: Uh, well, it's just this is all coming up. That.
2: Well, I mean, they're not going to tell you who broke it. I mean,
1: well, somebody it's got to be here. The twenty April twenty third, twenty at five AM. I guess it was Kansas City because cause they were playing, and that's when they won the Kansas City when they won their 20th game.
3: Mm-hmm. That game is in Oakland. All right, so 2002, Oakland, A's, uh, I don't know. It was in August. Schedule. So let's look for a bunch of Ws.
1: <laughs> Here we go. So okay, so August thirtieth. Okay. So you were almost right. No, you were, you were wrong. Finally found it, folks. Alright. So they beat the Kansas City Royals on August September fourth, two thousand two. Was our last win. Mm-hmm. And they were eighty-eight and fifty one. So then they played on the September si on, on, on September sixth against the Minnesota Twins and lost. Okay, so one, two, three, five, six, seven, 8. so this is their tw- part of their twenty game. Yep. It started back in August thirteenth. Yeah, was twenty games. Yeah, and then they won twenty games. But the Minnesota Twins, God, what the hell happened? I mean, zero to six? But then they won the next three games. <laughs>
2: Well, it's probably one of those games that Zito or Mulder or Hudson didn't pitch.
3: Probably. So
1: okay. So there's the twins. So you're you're pretty you're almost right. I got you on one. You got me on one. Okay. Uh good job looking ace. Let's take this one home.
2: Okay. We've
1: been talking for a while, you think? I think it's good. Uh anything else you want to say before we uh call it a, call it a day?
2: No, just thank you for having me on the show and I will be catching a plane.
3: Catching a plane.
2: Yep, because I had so, such a such a long trip to get here.
1: <laughs> okay. Stick stick with what you're doing. Don't do don't do stand up. <laughs> did you, did you, your wings hurt? Because <laughs> or whatever it is, I just flew in and made my wings hurt.
2: <laughs> Take care, everybody. I hope everybody has a great week. Oh God. <laughs>
1: We had a great show until you had to do a sweet joke like that. All right. Uh, That's all I have. Nothing else for you. All right. Good news and good night, everybody.